Welcome into the Section 109 podcast from Studio B, Studio Breezy. We have producer Jay in the house for the first time. Oh, I love Studio B. I didn't even think about Studio B for Breezy as well. Which yeah, is nice. I came up with that after I said it uh, during the intro <laughs> uh, from like three days ago. And Matthew. Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's been four days it's since we podcasted. Like four days, yes. And Mix. We have Mix with us. And we have Mix with us. If you hear a little thunder in the background, the weather is a little rough outside and Mix is uh, murdering a bone of some kind right now. So if you hear some chomps, uh, that's I'm not, a, that's I'm not you sorry. That's you don't hear him bark, right? That's exactly why. <laughs> that's exactly why. Um, yeah, so welcome in, boys. Did you guys know this is episode 50? Oh, weird. I did not. So I, I did some counting. We have 60 overall episodes we've released, like but not numbered episodes, like 60 total. So that sure. includes the... Side pieces. Yes, that includes all of our other ones. Um, but this is episode 50, five zero. So I think that's a good way to close out the year. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about a lot of different things um, regarding CFC and the year of 2021 and the year of 2022. But the biggest thing we're going to do is look back at our 2021 New Year's resolutions that we made for the club. If you have not listened to that, I believe it's episode 32. Um, it's the wrap-up from last year. It was right at the beginning of January. And in that episode, we talked about what we wanted to see CFC do in 2021. And, well, let's talk about some of those things. 2021 has come and gone, so now it's time to... It has. We're literally podcasting on the last day of 2021, so I think all of that is uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty appropriate. All right, so let's just dive straight in to this. Matthew? Yep. You said as your very first New Year's resolution to start off the podcast last time. Take the next step and win the league for the men's team. Oops. <laughs> um, well, how do you feel about that one? You know, it was looking good for a second. Like the Louisville the, the, game, the the start of the Legends Cup with two wins and two, making, making a cup final quickly. And then it. And I mean, then the first. And then it just all went. The first two games. The first two games, we were like, we were dominant, and we were like, all right, we were not very dominant against New Amsterdam. I, I think. I think we we had it go well, and then we had too much of a break before our next game, and that started landslide. That that's my opinion. I've had people tell me I'm wrong, but there's a there's a really good chance that like this podcast goes from uh, talking about like what we did well in 2021 and what we didn't what didn't well and all of a sudden go straight into like a full-on analysis of the Detroit City Legends Cup game because <laughs> I know I know what I can say and I know it will just like spark up like an hour-long rant from Breezy I don't know if we should do that or not probably not I'm down to do it when the microphones are off or or schedule <laughs> no, another pod no we should never ever do this ever again I'll never get over that game. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on. So we don't have Smitty here, unfortunately, and he had a lot of... Miss you, Smitty. Yeah, I miss him too. Uh, he had a lot of really good ones. Uh, so I, I don't know if we'll talk about his. I don't really want to put words in his mouth. But uh, Jay, let's go to your first one. Okay. A little more of a positive note, I feel like, but I want to hear from you. Academy kids training with the men's first team regularly and making the bench, hopefully. So I remember in the last episode, I kind of pushed you on like, what would that look like? And you said, well, if a guy could make the bench... A couple times. I think we fucking blew that out of the water. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's actually a pretty accurate statement. We really did. I mean, I I know when we've spoken with Jeremy in the past, he's talked about that being an important uh, part of why he's here and what he wants to do with the club. So 
they obviously blew that out of the water, and that's kind of been in the pipeline, you know, for I think maybe since day one, since he got here or whatever. But, yeah, with Damian, Angel, Michael Beretta, you know, seeing some of those kids even get game minutes, not only make the bench, but get game minutes, and then Damian coming in and and being a a workhorse and then becoming a starter and then now signing and all that news, I give it an A++++. Me too, man. I cannot believe how well that part went. So, Angel Hurtado got minutes. Michael sure Beretta did. got minutes. I loved Angel. He's... Ricky got minutes. And none oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those right. three guys did not get minutes in regular NISA play, but they did get minutes in friendlies, and uh, that that counts. That like Alabama, counts. Appalachian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Michael even got a start and played 90 minutes. Um, so, that was awesome. All of that was great. And I thought, like, that would have been, to me, and, and based on what you said, too, an, a success for the year. Sure. 100%. And then... Damien came in and just fucking crushed it. I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was night and day uh, watching some of the other younger guys, and that's no offense to them. I mean, you're young and you're still learning, and they're still in, like, an amazing position. But to see him take that step forward, and, and when you when you see him play, you know, I judge sometimes on size easily because that gives me, you know, some form of me thinking I'm seeing some, like, kind of experience from a player just because they're older and bigger or whatever. And I would look at him and be like, oh, gosh, you know, he's a little smaller. I wonder how he handles it. And then he would just be an absolute boss. And I remember, like, being like, dude, that is worth the the purchase of getting in is seeing that that's it it's all i can see i can go home i wish i was like you said i was shocked how little he was how how short he was and like he's not a he's not like he's thick either like he's you know some guys you look at him like cutler coleman who's like stout almost as big around as he is tall like in muscles like he's just so jacked and yeah damian is or damian excuse me is not that yeah matthew mentioned on the last podcast that that's a fullerism calling him damian his name is damian Okay. Which has got me all fucked up because I, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was Damian. I thought it was Damian since Matt, I knew because Fuller's the one who first told Matt's me who he was. Matt's way too inside for me all the time. He says shit and I'm like, oh, maybe. Okay, so I guess that's the right way he's saying it. And then it's like, hey, I'm just fucking with you. So on, <laughs> on the last podcast, I said Damian and Damian back and forth Damian, all podcast. Damian, Damian, And I call, I have definitely said fuck you, Fuller, several times. Who I, I love Fuller, but like fuck you for getting me stuck on Damian. Since it's Damien. Yeah, we, or we're going to find out Matt lied to us. <laughs> we, we can move away from that one after me giving it an A. Uh, Hell big, yeah. Big time. More than training. Got a signee and playing. And, you know, that's awesome. I, I think that a natural progression of that would have been to be like, this year or over the next two years, we want to see a kid signed out of the Academy on a pro deal. And, and it just, just happened. all happened. In- I think maybe, you know, going into the next year, I know we'll, we'll do them later, but just keep it going. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um... So, actually, Jay, I'm going to go back to you for number two here, just keeping it with you. Sure. Uh, you said better stream quality, and we talked all three of us several times about the stream in that kind of what we all wanted to see, but you were the one who brought it up. So, better sure. stream quality, and you said consistency, camera angles, at least three maybe is what uh, I think we had all talked about. Yeah, and that then was reaching. You, you said 1080p. Sure. Like, everything's got to be a minimum of 1080p, and then you kind of said like 75% of a TV truck as a, like a ballpark figure. I remember that being your words. Was that was that was that my that, words? Okay, uh, all right. Uh, so but, that was that was my words. So then, after that, like all after leaving all of that on the table, how do you feel about where we came with the stream? It wasn't bad. Um, first, I'll say I really liked the pickup of Lucas. Uh, that happened. He he was in there last year, but I I I'm liking to see him sticking around and keep him keeping it going strong. I do like uh, the way he does it. I also really enjoy having Matt, uh, just a familiar voice on the stream, which is really funny. I. I I give that a B. Uh, they 
are still working with what they have kind of situation is like where it's still at. They're still working with what they've got, but they're making some improvements and working in that industry. I know how expensive it can get and like how you have to take it like one piece at a time. Um, but I still think there's massive upgrades that can be made. Having the game on TV on BN is awesome. When, when that was, you know, once a week for the game of the week. And when we got that, that was really awesome. Uh, kind of sucked if it happened at home for people because it's like, well, I want to go to the game, but also want to experience that on TV. So watching the replay was what I would do. But uh, every time that happened, it would go back to a stream, and I'd be like, fuck, this is digitally. It's, it's it, you know, it just it, it just looks weird. Um, but, you know, that's it's what it is. We have one. And I'm extremely grateful for that so that other people can watch. But I think I think it's getting better, and I still trust in Owen and everybody who are working on that part of it. And Shout out Dar- J- Jeremy Broadfield. Jeremy Stepping Broadfield. Stepping in this year. So to, to who, whoever's in that department, I, I see strides being made. I just I want it to keep getting better. So I'm not going to take my foot off the gas. You know, Matthew, I know we all talked about this one and kind of all shared this one with Jay. So how did you feel about the stream this year? Yeah, I thought it was. I definitely thought it was better. Uh, you could see there there were a lot more newer, uh, more more elements to to the stream package, including you know sponsor partner activations, having having stats thrown up there, having uh, oh yeah, the the stats at halftime was a was a nice step forward in content. Definitely was like, definitely like was. having having shout out shout out Jim Hicks who more, I think did most of those stats. Yeah, pointing out like you know uh, uh, pointing out players to watch and, and and various things like that like. Those are those are really good additions. Oh yeah, they had a, uh, they basically got a keys to the game every game. Yeah, just yeah, that was good too. So, um, uh, having having me on uh, is less than ideal. Yeah, that's that's the D minus part of the grade. <laughs> it actually pulled the it pulled I it down. It. I, I like your I like your color commentary. Uh, so we we I I don't think I will be doing it ever again because we have not won in Nisa when I've been doing it. So <laughs> good good no not good that we haven't won. Good that you're you're on the right page there. <laughs> Would you give that a letter grade? Uh, I think, I think B's right. Yeah. Like it, it, we took, we took the strides that we needed to take in the areas that we could right now, I think. And, um, and I, you know, it's got a ways to go. I mean, like if you, if you think the, the, the end of the line is, you know, broadcasting with five cameras in HD with professional announcers, then yeah, we've got a ways to go, but, we're making we're making progress, especially from the beginning where it just used to be a freaking like, you know, tri stand camera. Sure. Panning you, back and forth. It, you know, you know, I think a lot of people think that like that's simply infrastructure. Like, oh well, you know, it's just buy the cameras and it gets better, but fuck no. When you, you buy the cameras, technology is not an easy language. You know, the moment you think you, you buy one thing and you think it's just gonna magically plug in and work with another thing and you're probably gonna be wrong your first couple of times trust me i've literally stayed up till 2 a.m in the pain because of that shit so i i think it's more than just you know when we say five camera angles man that sounds awesome but man that also sounds so difficult and 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 you know i don't think we have the capabilities of like wiring finley ourselves you know so it when it is it's not just buying cameras plugging them in and having more cameras on the stream it's way more difficult so i just want to remind people of that do you have a couple things jay just to build on your last year unless this is one of your your big 2022 or yeah your big 2022s that you would just add on to that you want to see kind of go going forward for the stream sure i think um 
I just, I, I want, I, I'm, it's, I, this sounds like a cop out, but I think it's going to be very similar to what I said about the academy, um, kids and everything. Just keep, keep going. I'm, I'm just happy that I'm seeing improvement and the steps are being made because they look different. They're getting better. I know they have to pay for good commentary, you know, so like they're, they're making the right moves. So just keep going. I, I, I think it's, you know, one day it's going to be there. It's going to take time. So cool. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I but think I trust, I trust everybody in that department from what I'm seeing. So. Beautiful. Uh, Matthew, your next, or actually, let's go to one of mine. Um, so I said, as my first one, relaunch the women's team with a concrete launch in 2021 to play in 2022. Uh, and I think... Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it happened. Um, season tickets are being sold. Uh, real announcements have happened. Women's forums have happened. So, yeah. I mean, my skepticism is, is waning. Um, I've been burned a lot on this, and so I'm you know, I, but I think it's real this time, and I think they're really coming back, and I really hope they'll announce a coach and a and a whatever, whatever soon. I think you're just ultimate accountability. You just that's how bad you want it to yeah. happen. Yeah, Your skepticism and, isn't out of you know like in like a place of evil or anything. Obviously, no, it, my skepticism is out of a place pits, of being honestly. burned. People that know you are like, mm. yeah, it's definitely evil. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I'll give that one a, I will give that one a B plus, um, because there's still been no league announcement. And I know. Our hands are supposedly tied on that, but no league announcement and no um, and no coach announcement, which I said either one of those things would make it real for me, and neither one of those things has happened. So I'm still giving it a B plus. But it's it, they are selling tickets. They are having you know women's advisory board is rocking and rolling. Those are people I trust who you know say that we're very very close that we've got a league signed, but they're not announcing it yet. Um, all the other things. So yeah, I'll give it a B plus. I would give it an A would have been also just figuring out how to play in 2021. But yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a B plus. I'm gonna take this moment right here to mention that if you've not bought your season tickets yet. Uh, make sure you buy the club pass, which will get you into all men's and women's home matches. Or if you don't like the men's game and you just want to go to the women's game, you can also do that. That is an option. I know plenty of people that are planning on buying both. Yeah, I bought just both because they can support, you know, at the at the mass level that they can. Yeah, so. uh, I said something very different to what Matthew said uh, for my <laughs> second one. I said fourth place or better to make the playoffs must be. And then I said, the playoffs. I, I added a yeah, playoffs. I added a caveat there that they, we must be in the top places and competitive all season to have a puncher's chance once the playoffs begin. And well, we didn't have playoffs. Well, we kind of did in the, in the spring. Um, but since this is mine, I will give my grades for this and I will give us an F on both of these. Um, we made the playoffs. Okay. I'll give us a D minus because we technically made the playoff <laughs> in, in the spring. Um, but we were never in a big part of this was the reason you got to finish top four is you, so you have a puncher's chance in the playoffs, but also I said, you got to be competitive all season part of finishing fourth. And I, I kind of said this, like you want to be competitive and in all the games so that your, you know, fans are having a good time. People are feeling good about the season. And then when you make the playoffs, maybe you got a chance to win uh, a championship, but we were bad for a lot, a large portion of that season, especially in the yeah. spring. We just never really we're convincing. Now we went on a nice run at the end to finish fifth. And so it makes everything look better. Um, and you know, this is, I, it's just, we need to be, if we had been, if we had been in second, third and fourth all season and then finished fifth, it would feel a lot different. It would be a bummer, but it'd feel a lot different. Instead, we were in eighth and ninth most of the season. And then we happened to come back to finish fifth. And that doesn't feel any better for me. So yeah, D minus we were, this was a bad season. This was the worst on the field season. 
Um, and no offense to anybody listening to this that, that participated in that. I, you know, I still love you guys, but this was the worst season in CFC history, amateur or professional. So, you know, it's, it's got to get better. And this was a, this was nowhere close to the expectations. I caught myself saying that a bunch <clears throat> to friends being like, dude, this is literally the worst CFC team from a performance standpoint on the field that, you know, from a record standpoint. Yeah. From a record standpoint. And this was an incredibly challenging year, right? There's a lot of caveats that go into that, right? Right. It, it was a, lo- it was a small payroll compared to uh, most of the rest of the league. We, we know it was in the bottom third of payrolls. Um, it was, but I don't believe this was the bottom third of talented rosters though. That's a difference for me. I think this roster was better than that. And that's a, you know, that's, and, and this is also in the front office and the coaching staff and the play. It's on everybody, right? right? If the front office has to build a better team, has to, either spend more money or whatever. You know, Fuller was the only coach. There should have been a, a full-time assistant. There were other assistants. Drew Courtney did a great job, um, but he was a volunteer, essentially. Yeah. Like, Matt was doing analytics in the in the back office as a volunteer. Like, Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that have to change, and the club's got to learn from this year, and we can't be um, one of the worst teams in the league for 80% of the season again. All right, Matthew, you can comment. You've been holding your tongue really, really a lot for this whole thing. Yeah, I was about to go, and then I looked over. I was like, oh, do you, you want to go? Well, he's I, had the, I, he's I, had the, he's had the mic by his mouth the entire time. <laughs> I wasn't really expecting Breezy just to, like, drop the hammer on, on the analytics part, but okay. <laughs> way, to, way to pull that one out. Uh, yeah, it, things, were, things, were not, uh, things were not as good as they could have been, and, uh, and I think the club making a change in the coaching department uh, indicates that they agree with you on that front. Yep. And uh, so, you know, obviously the club's expectations internally are going to be higher, uh, are higher than, than, than what, than what we produced on the field this year. And they probably fall, I would say they probably fall in line with what you, what you with what you had uh, as your as your 2021 resolutions on the field, breezy. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to put a letter grade on it, but suffice to say, is uh, it might get a degree, but it wasn't good. So, by the way, I said I said D minus for this resolution. I do think at the end of this podcast we should give our grades, whether it's uh, out of ten or out of or letter grades or whatever for the season. And there's some. This is just on the field, and this is not on. Uh, anyway, we can do some clarification on that later. I'm giving it in regards to what I said for this particular sure. resolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily. I don't know that I would give the on the field a D minus for the entire season if we take in all things considered, but for this resolution where the club has to set goals and I set goals for the club <laughs> and the goal that I set for the club was they were nowhere close to it. Sure. Yeah. Because like, you know, I, I'm glad you said that before I spoke because like what's going on in my head is like, well, you know, I've just been there and I've been paying attention for so long. You have to think about when visas just kicked us in the dick and it was like, okay, rebuild a core. And then it was like, oh, we have a core. We're going to go play our first professional game. Oh, pandy happens. And it's like, oh, dude, your team, your best goalkeeper is going to go live in Florida because who knows what's going to happen and he's going to work and help his family and make money. And then this player is not coming back. And and then it's like, oh, we're going to sign new people again and we're going to have to figure out a core. Oh, and these other two dudes are leaving. And it's like, you know, we had to make do with all of that before we got to this season. So you can't, you can't group all that into what you said as your New Year's resolution. Yep. Sorry for the long explanation. No, I, I agree with all of that. Um, Jay? Si, senor. Social media. Uh, you said 
and I, these are my words uh, of your words, so you're sure. welcome to clarify any of them, but step up a younger audience, more attractive, better layout, better organized, fade ins, fade outs, professional feeling, defined strategy, and you know, just have a new, maybe a new brain or with a some sort of plan, not just a click to publish. Sure. Um, so in, in my notes that I took when I was, uh, on the way over here, listening to it, uh, last second, Hey, that's, that's more prep than we normally do. <laughs> so I gave Academy inclusion, a check. I gave stream a half a check. I give social media a quarter check. It's still, it still feels like somebody's shooting everything with a cell phone and maybe, maybe that's what's happening. I think the posting schedule looks better. The front page of itself looks a lot better. Um, all of that's good. I think the content ideas are even better, but the ideas have to be backed up by stuff that looks good. And, you know, maybe that's a DSLR or like figuring out cooler ways to shoot things. It just feels, it's, I still feel like we're amateur when I look at us on social media. It's asking you a question and you can hear, hey, kick the ball. Oh, and then you hear wind. And the guy's like, yeah, I think the, I like chicken for my breakfast or, you know, whatever the question is of the day that they're asking. And it's like, I, I, I want it. There needs to be just, it's, it's, it needs to feel like there's more effort into what happens. than it's somebody just showing up at practice with a cell phone and asking people questions. And, and I think they're making steps. Uh, it, that kind of goes along with streaming too. Like it's not just infrastructure. You don't just buy a camera and stuff happens. People have to have the knowledge. And so there's more money that goes into that. But I think uh, shout out to, to Jed Lee and Jack and everybody who kind of takes part in that. They're, they're doing a really good job with what they have. And I think, I think we'll be in, be seeing them take another step here, you know, soon. I just, I think it needs to be, and eat for me, it just needs to feel more professional still. So it's a little more quant a quality now, correct? Not just content because they, they definitely, have, I feel like, stepped up their overall content uh, strategy. Yep, it's it's just like, and maybe I'm a professional, but I feel like I I'm also like 13 to like 17 when it comes to my social media consumption. But like, if it looks like it's shot on a cell phone, and you're not screaming at me, smashing bread and like spilling stuff and making crazy videos and being really hyperactive something that like grabs kids attention you know but like that kind of stuff can be shot on a cell phone it's really fast or stuff like that but when it's like i'm a cfc player and i'm doing an interview now i'm another cfc player and i'm doing an interview and it's like a, a you know what feels like it should be sort of a promotional thing that we're selling people on so that they can spend money with us to make that content it just needs to be a little bit better that's just my opinion cool I will I will defer to you on a lot of that. I'm I'm happy with the uh I'm happy with the progress and I definitely I as well. I, I am also happy with the progress. I don't want I don't want to totally end on a totally negative note there with what I said. I am also happy with the progress. There are things there are strides being made. Yeah. Shout out a shout out to the club hiring uh Dural as well. Yes. That's right. Uh, hey, and we will have we we will have a meeting. Dural and I literally play uh, email tag, and it's mostly because I don't sleep and I'm freaking super busy with my job. But I'm trying to have a meeting with him and, and meet him and and give he he has reached out multiple times and we have talked about meeting, but we just haven't. So, and, and we will. You guys' resolution for 2022 is you guys have we, that we have a meeting meeting meeting. <laughs> I, dang it, I have to email him now. Matthew, do you have any uh, extra social media uh, criticisms, critiques, no comments? Cool. Uh, it, it seems it seems better. And I'm not an expert on social media. I just, I just, I'm on it sometimes. Same. I will, I will defer to Jay and uh, yeah, I, I, I liked all of that feedback. I think it's all good. I, I think also I will say I speak way more from a fan standpoint 
uh, than I do. I, I try to I try to take a look at it like I would if I was, uh, you know, a fourteen year old kid who just found out about you know Tottenham or something like that. And it's like they they if when when you're a fourteen year old kid and you like soccer and all of a sudden you like this team, what's the first thing you think a fourteen year old does? They get on their phone immediately, and it's like, what's their Twitter? What's their Instagram? And that makes a huge impact on the way kids view that. Stuff. Is CFC on TikTok? Yes. Do they put out a bunch of stuff? A little bit of stuff? Is it just like Instagram? Like I think they. I think they. Uh, it's it's not as much as Instagram, which I agree with. Because they're. I think their Instagrams. So Instagram's the only social media I'm using on a regular basis, and I'm you know I basically just use it to follow what the players are doing, and, uh, yeah, that's mostly what I I do. I just follow some soccer stuff. So. I see, that's the only place I see their content. And I see a lot more content than before. No, yeah, but when, when I, like right now, I'm looking at their page, and when I go... This is TikTok or Instagram? This is Instagram. Okay. When I scroll through, I'm extremely happy with the way the page looks. Remember... You were, think, yeah, you were I very critical about how the about, page looked. Yeah. yeah, the black screen for not choosing a cover. And then, but like the color scheme and the way they do stuff on the Instagram. Now, concerning like design and stuff, it, it looks really good. Good. That's bi- that's big progress. But obviously, that doesn't make it enough. But yeah, so I, I think that all that feedback's really good. Sure. Um, I think we're I think we're an Instagram club as opposed to a Twitter club. One hundred days. Yeah, which I which yeah. I love by the way because fuck Twitter. Um, <laughs> so Matthew, you said a U twenty three developmental team for the men's team, and then uh, yeah, yeah, I think. I, and I think then I you you couched that. that that didn't have to happen this year, but you thought it was important that it was in in the the cards in the future yeah i still i still think it would be i still think it's important um but i think i might i might actually be changing my tune on that a little bit and the reason why i say that is if you have a u23 developmental team particularly for college players uh you know like those college players like you're developing players really for somebody else uh, because like the, the majority of those players are not going to be coming to your first team in a year or two years, whatever it is. Um, so I think if we have one, I, in an ideal situation, it's purely developmental. You stack the roster with, you know, a dozen or so players in college. And then you just try to have like 17, 18 year olds from the Academy you know, maybe Get in the, the mix with that. Maybe the, sure. whoever the you know, maybe the nineteen year olds on a gap year that are on an academy contract. You know that they can play with the pro team can also play on an academy contract. They can play with the amateur team, right? Because you would, basically, if you look at this year's roster, you have Angel and Ricky. You'd have uh, Fabian once he got done. Damian, uh, well, Damian at the beginning when he first came in, obviously he worked his way into the just into the first team straight up. Um, yeah, but like you'd, you'd be able to get more minutes to more guys. Yeah, and you could have had that some, way. like. You could add some of the guys that maybe, you know, Topher Marshall, for example, who some, you know, sometimes was making the bench every week and, and getting five minutes, but also sometimes wasn't making the bench. He could have been starting and, and probably not because really? he was on a professional contract. Oh, uh, I see what you're saying. And so he wouldn't be able to retake his amateur status. That's, to that's, be able that's to, fair. So yeah, it's, it is it's a really hard. So it's really more for, it's really more for like a developmental, maybe U23 is not even like the right, the right classification because I think it should be aimed at, um, it should be really aimed at like the top levels of the academy, and because yeah. uh, like you're usually just bumping them up in competition, and sure. you can pick a right the right league to do that. It doesn't have to be, you know, like the NPSL is is a decent level, 
but it's not great at times. It may be too big of a jump. It may not be. Um, that's what I was. So that was going to be my question for you: is what league do you think is best for that? I did you you discuss that? I I believe like in the freaking Martian League or something. The NPSL is awful. It's a yeah. league that doesn't exist currently. <laughs> ideally, ideally, it's Nisa Nation. But here's the problem: Nisa Nation, Nisa Nation's not big enough yet, and it's it's expensive. It's a high, it's a theoretically a high standards amateur league. Is Nisa Nations isn't doesn't it war, want to work sort of as a funnel for Nisa itself? Yes, exactly. As but any, that's but that's not more. I mean, that's a win. It, that's less of a win in your end and more of an incubator, though. Correct. Yes, much so, more so of an that, incubator. So that way, if we did have a Nisa Nation team, it, they couldn't. You know, they wouldn't. Right, they wouldn't be able to. But so I think that that's ideally where it is. But as a team. Uh, that's not a big budget team. You want a <laughs> hey Toby, Toby? To, a little peek behind the curtain. Toby is uh, doing the catwalk on Matt's computer, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, so you you want a team that can play hopefully year round and that can play uh, other teams in your area, so you don't have to travel very far. And Nisa Nation doesn't have a super built out like Tennessee Georgia presence. Um, so it's not going to be as easy. They don't have, they play full season, which is expensive. And they are going to play with budgets that are theoretically like reasonably high for amateur teams. So yeah, it's it's a little tougher in Nisa Nation. You want to, ideally you want what Georgia Rebs had, who I, who I talked about last time. Like they play in an Atlanta league. They play year round in that Atlanta league. And then they're, they're like, first team, quote unquote, plays for three months in the summer. Like they do the opposite and they don't have to, yeah. Yeah, they do a really cool thing, and I wish we could, and I hope in the future we can figure out something to do with that. I just don't know what it is. Sure. I kind of put a bow on that for you, Matthew. Yeah, I think so. I'm not. I'm not as crazy about. I might keep that as as a as a rollover for 2022, but I'm not as crazy about it as you uh, were. Anything. And I said this last time that like the the U23 men's developmental team is is less of a priority than, than the first team for the women. Mm-hmm. Uh. And that's and that's a hundred percent still the case, uh, but if it if if a if a developmental team does not does not really help, uh, if it doesn't really help produce players yet, if their academy is just not producing enough players to make it worthwhile, then we don't need to do it yet. Do you think that? And this is something that this is what I was thinking about this thing this morning, or this exact topic we're talking about this morning. And I think what has changed my mind, and I don't know if it's changed either of you guys' minds, seeing the academy kids already come in from North Georgia and from, um, yeah, from North Georgia, and then, like, uh, there theoretically could be kids coming out of uh, Chattanooga FC's academy as well. Like, seeing them practice with the first team and then some of them play some actual minutes with the first team, that changed my mind a little bit on the need for a reserve team because if some of these guys are just good enough to make the first team bench because Angel and Ricky, as much as they didn't play in Nisa matches, they made a couple benches. Yep. Like they, they were around and obviously good enough. So if, if working that level of player, maybe we don't need a reserve team. Like I would, may, I would also, maybe we're able to somehow, because the small roster of pros, a smaller roster of pros, it's not 30 pros, right? It's 20, 22, 24, maybe like, and you need some guys to, complete numbers maybe we just don't need it as bad as i thought we did because we have some players that can play they don't need to take that step in the middle they are able to already be contributors i would i would just mention that they were making those those two guys in particular nothing against them as players uh they were mostly making the 18 just because of injuries still counts though it still counts but i'm not sure I'm I'm not sure they were I'm not sure either one of them were were truly ready for for like actual like pro matches 
think they were in the 18 because we needed the numbers, whether it was, you know, five, six, seven subs on the bench. Uh, and, like, would they would they get time in an absolute emergency? Yeah, because that's what we had. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I don't know if they were... I don't know if they were quite ready for for those minutes. And so maybe those, like, developmental minutes, Could getting, have been. getting more opportunities would have been useful. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I do love that. But you also have to balance it with a with a cost scenario. Like, you, sure. running a developmental yes. team is... Is, very is expensive and maybe if it does if it's not giving us an advantage on the first team in de- whether it's development or getting players on on entry level contracts because they played with us and they want to stay here and then we you know move them on through their career if it's not benefiting the first team then and if it, if the academy's not like super needy yeah I'm, I'm with you I'm not sure it's a I'm not as sure it's needed this might be a this might be a good conversation to have to have with, with Jeremy, Jeremy sometime. Yeah. my third one here um Actually, let's just. I'm just going to talk about Smitty's, and then I, I'm not going to talk for him because I don't know how he felt about um, all of these. But Smitty said he wanted an improved game day experience uh, if the pandemic allows. Um, for example, shut down the street in front of CBC with activities and vendors and food trucks and making an experience and fun. And it shouldn't have to be only on the backs of the Chattahooligans to make game day fun, right? That was his point. And I, I'm not going to. I think the pandemic didn't allow a portion of that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he'd feel about that. I would love to know how he felt uh he said on the stream no buffering improved camera angles um he just had some pretty strong opinions after jay's uh, he said continued development in vision for the on-field product recruiting type of player scouting style of play clear and defined and then recruitment new players you know he mentioned moneyball and innovation yeah by the point by the point we recorded this podcast we had not announced anyone but the 14 returning players because we talked about that at the beginning of the episode so the types of players that we brought in after after that point in time, those new players, included Marcus Nagelstad, Tate Robertson, James Kasak, uh, Kayo was was a you know pretty late addition right before the Legends Cup. Brett Jones, all same deal. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Hmm. I don't think I'm forgetting many. Because that takes us pretty much to, uh, what is that? Just name five. That takes us to nineteen. Felipe had not been added yet. Felipe had not been added yet. Phil D'Amico had not been announced yet. Which those two guys were essentially returners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't. Even but we had, they hadn't been announced yet. I think that's it. I think that's the list. Um, and then we didn't know about obviously about Angel or Ricky. We uh, yet that they were going to be. Yeah, and then Damien was a you know summer summer edition there. Yeah, Damien was a wild wild card. <laughs> so we we also didn't. I. Th- yeah, I don't know. I think that's everybody. So and really, we're probably so forgetting really somebody. And take, sorry if you're listening and we forgot you. So really, just take, uh, take, take Marcus, Tate, Kasak, um, Brett, and Kayo. Of those, and you, and you said Tate, Tate, yeah, yeah. Tate, of, Tate. Of Kata. those five, three of them are confirmed returning. One of them was was the leading scorer for the team. Yep, and and one of them played a lot of significant minutes towards the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would be interested to hear how he felt about that. Um, I, I mean, like, like taking taking his taking his resolution for a second. I think I think that part, the recruitment part, the the recruitment part of of adding new players in that stretch, I think went pretty pretty darn well. I think. Do you, do you also take into the the fact that we have hired Rod now, and so like that's also gonna like change 
systematically and from a recruitment standpoint. I th- well, yeah, that's a that's a twenty twenty two thing for me. Yeah, but but if we're judging things on the front office, in my opinion, making that strive to help, like during the year of twenty twenty one. I know the season was over and stuff, but just grading if if we're grading the year overall. Not not anything that he's done, but just the move to bring him in. The, the the change in everything by, you know, with Fuller leaving and him. Are you grading that or are you No no no? I'm saying that you have to Does you, it factor you, you have to give the FO you have to you, you have to give the FO a little bit of credit there when it co- when it comes to what we were grading for Smitty, which uh, now, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm such a like airhead that I've already forgot what it was. No, I know what you're saying. <laughs> like for basically for having a vision. Um, for do you have vision for on-field product? It's correct, obvious that the correct. front office That's has it. has a vision, right. and is trying to implement it because they did make choose to make a really tough decision and a big decision in, in right. moving on from Fuller and moving on and moving to someone else. Meaning, e- they didn't hit the standards they were going for in some of those things. Even with, even if it was with the signings, if they hadn't made a move and it was you know, and we were still with like who we ended the season with, I think that grade would be lower. It, it, from and I'm also speaking for Smitty in a way, you know, because um, this was his. But yeah, I'm just kind of adding to the conversation. Smitty, you should have been here. We miss you. <laughs> I do miss Smitty. Uh, he also said, "Next step in marketing: new demographics and new fans in the stadium. The stands should look like our city. Um, the Chattanooga Choo Choo bus to pick up kids with and without transportation. Well, we know that the Chattanooga Choo Choo bus didn't happen, but it's still a great idea, and they should do it. Um, new demos and new fans. I think we saw some new demos, but also the pandemic made everything weird. So yeah, I think you got to put a pen in this one, just like yep. the game day experience stuff. Like yeah, you yep. really got to put yep. a pen in it until, until next year. So just roll those over. Honestly, yep. I have, I have a past breezy one that I, a question that I said I would ask all of us. <laughs> um, and I also have mine. So I had said that we, and we don't know the answer to this yet, but I'll just go over it real quick. I said uh, a quarter million dollar loss, $250,000 at most in 2021. And that's assuming full capacity from mid-year uh, progress towards break even. I went back and looked. We lost eight hundred and I think it's sixty-two thousand or eight hundred thirty-nine thousand uh, in twenty twenty. The annual report is out there. I didn't realize it was out there. Um, he, so 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 ready for the craziest thing before we move on. In two thousand and nineteen, we lost one point one million dollars. In a year where we uh, could not have soccer for half of the year and yep. only had what eight home games and only yeah. Three plus at a limited two capacity plus two more. We had seven home games. Four of them had fans in attendance at all, uh, and there weren't many people in any of those nights. If we're being honest, we and with like professional salaries that they paid lost, the entire pandemic. By the way, we lost less money. Yeah. Uh, shout out, shout out, Jeremy, for some wizardry shit there. Yep, and that was not, obviously, my goal was not to lose a quarter million dollars in 2020, to be clear. It was in 2021. We don't know this uh, for that. The pandemic has stayed bad. Um, I had hoped it would, like, a, literally go away, and it kind of, quote-unquote, went away, I think, in, in a lot of our minds for, like, two months there, but it came back with a vengeance when Delta came back. So I, I will prob- I would probably adjust that, and I don't know the answer to that um, yet, and we won't know the answer until they release the annual report. Um, so maybe, I, I don't know what I would adjust it up to, but I do hope there's some progress from that 800K. Um, down to, you know, 400 or 500, maybe, um, judging with some, um, barrier, uh, what's, what are those things? Bumpers, bumpers for, uh, bumpers for bowling. bowling. There's there's gonna be some bumpers on the end. Uh, okay. So here's my question. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a, uh, this was a question about the coaching staff and about Alec McKinley and shout out Alec. I love you. I miss you. You're a, you're a 
you're a bad guy. We a bad motherfucker, I should say. We we talked about you last. You're uh, a bad guy. You're a bad <laughs> guy. Out. No, you're a great guy. Um, but past breezy uh, said, did Alec McKinley? And I was supposed to ask this to us about last year. Did Alec McKinley explode and fulfill his MLS potential in 2021? Did the coaching staff get him to where he wants to get and where we want to see him arrive? Sometimes. The answer to that is sometimes. Sometimes Alec McKinley was the best player on the field. <laughs> And, and, uh, sometimes he was a liability. Yep. I, I think sometimes when the coaching staff got it right with putting him in this, put him in, putting him in a specific position to play for a game, the next game, he just wasn't even on the field. And I feel like sometimes there was some slight missed opportunities to like, let him continue. Does that make sense? Well, sometimes he would play and then, you know, get a red card. Get, get in trouble with the law, <laughs> with the, with the on-field law. You're not going to be able to play if you do that, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what the coaching staff does. Yeah. It's true. I mean, think it, think about, so he was coming back from injury uh, and missed, yes, it, and, and missed injuries, the first. Injuries derailed a big chunk of his season. And missed, a, you know, missed the beginning part of the season. Uh, you know, he, he basically played, and I think I mentioned this, uh, I think I mentioned this on the, on the kind of the player wrap-up pod a couple pods ago. But he basically played on forty-five minutes fitness for ninety minutes against Michigan Stars in the uh, in the fight night game in in the spring in our UFC fight night day <laughs> yeah. our, our UFC UFC debut yeah exactly um you know, he basically he basically just you know just kept kept going and kept going uh had some more injury problems um uh, and then we got a little bit more consistency from him uh, in the Independent Cup um. Against against some road cones and dead people, as our as as Coach Fodler would say, um, and then and then he started he started making making some really good strides in in the fall, um, and had a, and had a really good stretch there where he had a where he had a goal and he had an assist in back to back matches, hit the bar, uh, and also when he yeah he hit the bar right before uh, in the, uh, right before that stretch, uh, but in that same match that he had an assist at, at Cal United. Also, you know, got two yellows in the span of about four minutes or something. Yeah, uh, you know, has to has to miss the uh, has to miss the home game, the re- the return against Cal United, where we you know pretty much got shellacked until we made it a game at the very end. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's still got something, but you know, he, he's also got a, he's also got a ways to go to to be. A consistent, consistent professional. Jay, do you have anything to add there? No, I actually fully agree. I, and, I did, and, I did, and, I did and like the, next, the flashes that I would see at times. I really liked. Oh yeah, right. we've always seen those flashes. Right. Right. Uh, so you know he's he's not coming back to to CFC in twenty twenty two. But you know, once a blue, always a blue. We'll always be rooting for him to take the next step. Yeah. Hey, sometimes I I need to mention also that we both uh, we all sort of have practice privileged eyes too so i've seen him do some amazing stuff in training too and so that that can uh, affect my opinion as well yeah i i think he would have fit he would fit really well in a rod underwood system and if you want to know what we think a rod underwood system is going to look like at least matthew and i you can listen to the last podcast uh from last week episode 49 at your own risk uh it's 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 what it's it's literally what it's like it's two hours long and it's exactly what it's like to be on the phone with matthew and i on a monday morning uh when we yell about whatever we think that's going to happen or not going to happen pretty much pretty much just like 
my two hour drive to Nashville. Yeah. On, on Monday mornings. <laughs> um, so maybe you like that. Maybe you don't, but uh, I think Alec would fit well in Rod's system, especially technically. He's a very good player in possession. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that penalizes him is decision-making. He made his bad moments were mostly decision-based, not error based on technical ability or, yeah. or bad passes even. Um, well, and, and I would just argue decision-making is possibly the most important part. Yes. Hundred percent. Like there's there's technical ability and, and and the requirements of being able to play in that possession system, but the biggest the biggest key is when you're when you're you know playing possession, tiki taco, whatever control with your center back super high, you make one bad pass and whew, yeah off to the races. So I think Alec had maybe the highest potential and has maybe the highest potential of anyone on the roster from last year. Um, so I'm going to say no to both of these questions. Um, did he did he explode and fulfill his MLS potential? No. That's a he had did have some flashes and had some really good games, really important games, but overall he didn't. He never found the consistency, and that's a bummer. And did the coaching staff get him to where he wants to get and where he needed to go? No, they didn't. Um, I don't have the answer to why or whatever, whatever, but they didn't. They did with if you look at what they were able to do with Damien, and then if you look what they did with Alec, like it doesn't mean that they failed Alec, but they did not certainly make the progress or do the things they were able to do with Damien, bring him along slowly, get him into those games, really make him the contributor that same path could have happened with Alec. And obviously he has to take all those opportunities and make it happen too. But uh, the coaching staff was not able to get that out of him. So I give him no to both of those. Um, Alec, I hope wherever you go, you crush it. You're a, you know, you're an awesome dude on and off the field in my experience. And yeah, I, I hope that you uh, find that consistency in the next place that you're at. Okay. So any, before we get to kind of season grades and then 2022 resolutions, any good surprises from 2021 that just came out of nowhere and you were like, what in the world? How did that happen? I did not see this coming. Besides Damien, let's just put that out there. We Damien, none of us saw coming. Aside from that. Total silence. That's a good question. That is a great question. So I'm going to say, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, the... I did not see out with how bad the pandemic got at different times. I did not see our floor uh, once kind of things settled in being roughly 2000 people. I thought that was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree with that. That's fantastic. I did not see that coming. I figured the floor would be 500 people. And then the, I also thought the ceiling would be like 5,000. So like that didn't happen either, but I, I really thought the floor would be much lower. And I really liked how many people um, on a minimum, like when people were nervous or, or people were uncomfortable or whatever, there was still like a really nice core of people out of every game. Um, I'll, I'll say something that I was I was happy to see. It's sort of surprised, but not really. When you know we talked about the things with like having Jeremy here and making things feel more professional, um, like the game day banner setup or uh, the board, yes. the running boards, hundred percent. What are those called with that with running the, boards? I think yeah, running boards with ads on them. If they're not, you guys know what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, it was nice to come into a game and like sit down and, and like see the things that I've been wanting, like I, to, to feel just a bit more professional and the way we do things now, it's not, I kind of miss the old, uh, number four, da, 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 da. but like, oh, know, we, we still try to do it, but when they announce it before the game, but I love that it's come out handshake, do the thing, get the yeah. ball, start the game. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying with them on. They're not on the field when all that happens. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree with all of that. Uh, the taco truck being in the... Yes. Yeah, so the taco truck moving from being a truck to being in the, in the concessions. Yes. That was such a surprise and so, so good. I ate it, I ate it every time. 
it I, was I, beautiful knowing I did, that that was there. Yeah, it was the best. Um, the finding out that five dollar beer was a thing again that I didn't know. I did not know with season tickets. I thought it was just seven dollar beer. Uh, that was awesome. That was a really nice surprise for me. Matthew, you have anything? You know, I'm still I'm still trying to think of surprises. Because uh, not a, I don't I don't want to say that not a lot surprised me, but like not a lot surprised me. Um, cool. That's that's reasonable to say. That's yeah. why this was a throwaway question that or not throwaway, but like a question I threw in because I thought it was cool. Okay, so you know, I, okay, you you still like yeah, the running boards and stuff was cool, but yeah, my number one surprise was seeing I Love Tacos or whatever the name of that place was. <laughs> yeah, in, in the concession, the best so, man. I can't I can't let that go without just overhyping that. I mean, you bit. can see the line of people that start if you get in that line, and this is not because they're not working hard or make good. They're everything's great. No, the service is great, wants it. but everybody wants it. If you get in that line five minutes after the half ends instead of two minutes after the half ends, you won't make the halftime. Yeah. Yeah. You won't make the end of halftime because there's so many people in that line, which oh. tells you how good it is. Oh, I'll tell, uh, you, I'll tell you my surprise. Okay, I've got one too. Go. High noon. Oh, yeah. Hey, dude. <laughs> solid. I love some nooners. And, and listen, if it wasn't, uh, now it's 1025, but it wasn't 930 when we started recording uh, on a Friday that I have to do a bunch of things, we could have had high noons. Oh, we could have had high noons. And that's true. We still can. Um, I'm almost done with my coffee, so we're just, you know, a little halftime break and move into, uh, <laughs> move into the next phase. Something that is massive. Uh, to me is and, and everybody um, I don't shouldn't say just me but bringing families to games is huge right if you're a kid and you go to a game and the on-field performance isn't good and it's not extremely hype and whatnot you know the kids I feel like maybe kids can get bored I know they are somewhere but a lot of kids need to have their their uh their uh, they need to be attracted towards something something that pulls their attention and the kids corner, with the OGA inflatable fields. Very cool. Well done. I remember growing up and going to football games and high school football games like near where I grew up, and the only thing I could think about was that football game I was going to play behind the end zone in the mm -hmm. open grass with all the other kids. I feel like the kids' corner is sort of that for, for kids. And the, hi the hill has always existed there, right, for kids to roll roll up and down, and that's good, but this is like the next evolution of that. Right. Definitely. And it's and it's right there next to it. So it's just adding. I really like I, I, I like that the hill and and the kids corner area being a really cool place for for families to, to be able to have their little area over there. Great shout. Great shout. So to close out twenty twenty one, let's talk about some season grades. All right. Matthew, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Uh I'll go first. So off the field. I'll, I'll I'll put a real season grade on here, but off the, I'm going to separate them first. Off the field, given given you know, pandemic still, uh, I I I mean like I don't know like B plus A minus like I thought all of that was good. How about a number grade, eight out of ten. Like I th I thought I thought off the field we did really really well this year. Um. You know, I feel like attendance. I some people might think that attendance was 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 low or too low or whatever else it is, but like COVID and football season are really hard to compete with. And we did much better versus football season than we did in 2019. Yeah, and uh, we got a little bit a little bit of luck with the weather, not a ton, uh, but a little bit more luck with the weather. And uh, and and like you said earlier, the the having two thousand for a floor. And like a pretty hard floor, 
is is just really really good. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with an eight out of ten for for off the field on the field. Oof. <laughs> Made a cup final. Uh, seventh in the spring. Fifth in the fall. Nice. Uh, obviously it's not good enough. Coaching change now. Uh, I have to give points for it. I just don't know how many points I, I want to, like, I'm not going to give zero because, you know, well, we didn't lose all our games, <laughs> but like if, if, if five, if five out of 10 is like the bare minimum of like you roll to the next year with like it's not it's not good but like it's it's just kind of there mean i'll four out of ten on the field it wasn't good enough okay so what's your overall grade if you combine the two and you can weigh the two this is the interesting part you can weigh the two however you want people can argue with your grades but how are you going to weigh them uh i care i care at the end of the day i care a lot more about the the longevity and uh and success of the club outlasting me uh and outlasting us all so the off the field is on and like this is the unfortunate part about american soccer right like off the field's more important it just is uh securing the long-term future of the club is more important than than short-term product and results uh you don't need to spend a ton of money to try to get promoted because it's not, it just doesn't matter, right? Uh, so it's all about being competitive relative to whatever your league or division you're in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna include. So I'm, I'm eight out of ten off the field, and I'm four out of ten on the field. If you average those, it's six out of ten. That's twelve out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Look, who was a geology major? If you if you straight up average those, it's six out of ten. I think I'll give it seven out of ten overall. Okay, is it, are you you are a geology major, right? I was a geologist. Okay. Just making sure I didn't completely mess that up. No. Jay, uh, how do you, how do you want to do your grades? Uh, I'll I'm just gonna give it an overall grade. I'm I'm gonna go with a B plus. Um, now I, I definitely think our on the field. I, I'm I'm weighing in on your la- the last thing you were saying. Like apparently, you, currently I think off the field is uh, so much more important. And just given through what we've been through as a club, you know, we all know what I'm talking about with shit that happened in 2018 and then having a pandemic and I mean, you know, piled things on to see them sort of turning a corner and adding to that game day experience and, uh, you know, giving those strides in, in different areas. I'm being heavily breathed on <laughs> even in my microphone by mix right now. He's my co-host. Um, but, but I, I have, to, I, I can only, I only feel positive. I, I don't really feel any negative, uh, energy that came from all the effort that was put in from the uh, off the field side. I will say that one of my favorite things, and I wanted to bring this up and I wanted to give the club a shout out and as well as give Smo a shout out and everybody else, Merch Babe Mary and the whole crew. I loved having the merch store where it was. Yes. I'm, it's a big, big, big improvement. And I have a lot of friends who went in there and they were like, oh shit, this is dope. Customer experience was excellent. Yes, customer experience. And they would always throw deals at me. Hey, yo, this was misprinted. Do you want to buy it for this much off? And I'm always like, damn it. Yes. Yes, I can. (laughs) I mean, I shouldn't, but I'm 100% (laughs) in. Yeah, I'll I'll go B-plus with everything I said. I just wanted to 
throw that little shout out there. Okay, so you like an eight of ten essentially. Seven sorry, of 10. sorry. No, you can do B plus too, but like seven point five out of ten, yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Uh <laughs> this is gonna be fun. I'm gonna give us a three and a half on the field. It was bad, man. Uh, we won the independent yeah, cup, bad. but you got to win the independent cup. We got to a final, but we got there but because did, we won did, two games. But did we like? Yeah, we did. We won the independent cup. Sorry to come in, but it yeah, was go like, ahead. but it was like you have Road to win the independent cup. In got got fucking thrashed by a team that that game almost that didn't mean anything to them because they had already won the season before. But continue. Sorry, I'm, I'm only helping your three. Yeah, yeah, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> um, yeah, so three and a half uh, on the field, only because we. You know, we didn't lose all of our games, right? But like, it was it right. was bad. Um, off the field, I, w- I will give us a seven. Um, I think that we were really, uh, again, I, a lot of stuff I mentioned earlier. But all we talked a lot of positive steps that were taken off the field in twenty twenty one. Don't have to rehash all of those, but put all those together, I'd say a seven off the field, especially with the pandemic. Sure, it was really tough. Um, waiting the two. I do weight off the field much higher than on the field. However, I want to win games, man. And that really sours my... I mean, we look, we lost to Detroit four times in the calendar year. Like, this was this sucked. Like, no disrespect to anybody. Like, I, I love everybody the same. Like, I don't love anybody any less because of how things went. But it was bad. This was a bad, bad year. Yeah. Like we said, uh, did, on the field. We, did we not start the pot off by saying this is literally the worst season that on the field, the CFC's witnessed. ever yes, yes. from it, a record standpoint, and it might be um, not attendance wise. Take attendance out of it because 2015 is by far the best um, on the field and attendance combined, and the and the build up and the, the way the city coalesced around the team and all the other things. But like from a professional sustainability standpoint, and just from a sustainability in general, like this was the best season in history uh, off the field. You know, we did a lot of good stuff, a lot of stuff that we still could have done. And Mix is just going after Jay <laughs> right now. He's like, I wanna, I wanna be on the podcast. Um, so I will give I will give this season a five out of ten. Um, I will get basically right in the middle of those grades. Um, I will give it a five. Actually, I'll give it a five and a half overall. I give it a five and a half. Uh, off the field was great. On the field was terrible. And I think on the field has to get better. And and the front office has to be aware of and and hopefully they are uh, by the steps are. they're taking that things have to get better. We have to have. Uh, We'll get to some of the stuff we have to have in 2022, I think, to make that better. But yeah, I'll give us a five and a half for the uh, for our grade for the season, which I, I know I'm way off of where you guys were, so I'm, I feel like I'm taking the Smitty role here, not on purpose. But, but like, honestly, you're not. You're not. I mean, like we all that's we not, all agree that on the field on the field was was not good. Off the field was was pretty good, and you're just we're finding the weight somewhere in there. So like, yep. what I mean, like whatever. All right, let's let's roll through some 2022 resolutions. Matthew, do you want to go first? Throw in a uh, resolution here. Yeah, then I'll, then I'll go to Jay. Uh, let's let's talk about maybe the the big, maybe the big one. Uh, so Detroit's leaving Nisa. Damn going, it, you're doing one of mine and going to USA. I think we're going to the same one. Uh, yeah, this is this is not really a me one. This is going to be an everyone. Yeah, an everyone yeah. one. Uh, I'm trying to feel. I'm trying to phrase this. Maybe in we're a, all going to agree in, in a diplomatic way. Let's see if we all agree on one. Uh, so oh, like I, we've we've traditionally like been, fully agree from the beginning. You know, we've traditionally been kind of coupled with Detroit in terms of uh, 
what we stand for in terms of in terms of soccer in, in the United States and, and what we hope to achieve and, and, and things like that. And I think we are still in the sense that both of the first things on both of our th- is to do what's best for your community and your team. Yes. And as much as like I wish that they didn't have to go join the best option for them. I wish the best option for them wasn't USL championship. It is. It absolutely is. They should have gone there several years ago. It's good. They're there now and it's the best thing for their community. Correct. My opinion. Uh, yeah. Full stop. Correct. Have, have no, have no qualms, no issues. You didn't see me on social media making fun of them. Like it's just the right move for them. Yep. Um, the flip side of that is that we're still in NISA and fuck starting this off on a negative note. And We've talked about this on, on, on this podcast at some point in time uh, earlier this year. Maybe my resolution is for NISA because it has, it has to get better. It just has to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we're talking like little things at this point. Like, I don't even want to go into the, or I'm, I'm sorry, big things. Like, we can go talk about, you know, the rumors about unpaid bills and referees and like all this other crap. And everyone knows that stuff has to stop. Uh, but it's not it's not even that obvious stuff. Have fucking lights, have stadiums, have not not I'm not talking purpose built stadiums. I'm talking about don't play on rec fields, fucking LA Force. Yeah. Well, we've talked uh, ad, ad nauseum about how as long as Bob Freeland's the chairman of this league, he will hold it back. Uh and and now there's some, you know, there's there's some uh I think there's been some rumors circulating about like the ownership of Nisa and how it all works and 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 whatever else and you know. The bottom line is the, the league has to like make massive steps. And I don't mean adding adding teams. I could give a shit about adding teams. Although I would like some neighbors in the southeast. That'd be great. Um, but like they have to take the actual step of being a professional league, like doing things professionally, enforcing standards, having standards in the first place, enforcing them with actual penalties, uh, corralling corralling the insanity that is the Michigan Stars. Corralling the insanity that is LA Force, which means that they have to corral, corral themselves essentially. Uh, and like, while I'm at it, like, can we at least fix the data on their website? Like, they still, like, it's it's a complete, it's a complete fucking mess. And I guess I say all of this to 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 put a benchmark out of if if there are not real, tangible, and I mean massive, massive steps forward. Detroit's already left. They already made the choice that USL Championship was the better option for them. And I agree with that choice. And I guess what I'm saying is we better consider our options here. And those options are probably, you know, go make a deal with the guy across town in some way, shape, or fashion for, for you know, to, to, make, to make whatever entry into USL League One work. Uh, we know that USL League One is is much more expensive, which is a problem in general. Before we even get to whatever it would take to it to get in there, uh, or you know, we'll go see what this uh, what this MLS Next Pro League is all about. You know, I I'm I'm of the opinion that we are all going to MLS one day. We're all going to be there. Independent soccer is a complete fucking sham at this point. There is no independent soccer. We're all going to the, the the minor. We're all going to the minor league soccer system, a la minor league baseball. And if we're all going there, you have two choices. You can, uh, you can just go as early as possible, and maybe play with a lot more straight up reserve teams than you really want to. 
or you have a little fun along the way. And I don't know what the best solution is. Uh, I are, trust us to figure it out. Are you saying that your resolution is get the fuck out of Nisa? <laughs> or is it less of, <laughs> yes, is it less of that and more of finding the right home? Yes. If the, if the, if we are currently not in the Nisa, right home, because have, Nisa could be the right home, right? It but could, if it's it not, could, there are a lot of steps Nisa needs to take for me to, to convince me that it's the right home, right? And it could. You're, that's why you're saying could be. It could be like if they make if they make all kinds of, of massive changes and like really decide to do it right and well and well is the key one, then maybe Nisa is the right home. Maybe this thing like can carve itself out as being. A good, a good third division professional league. So but if it's not being that way, the resolution would be get the fuck ex out. explore those options. Get the fuck out. Find at, at, find at something. Find something that secures this club's future for for the next generations. I'll, I'll just say amen. Uh, listeners to this podcast know how I feel about that. I've been really clear about that for the past since I went to in June or May or whatever it was when I went to uh, L.A. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's the most agree more. diplomatic I think, way I, I could say it as well. I think it's so funny because you have like these two compelling sides, you know, oh, there's there's us and who really feel that way. And then there's other people who are like, no, fuck any other option. I'm fucking sticking to my guns. And while like I totally get that, I am a CFC fan. I'm a CFC supporter. And CFC is what matters to me. If Nisa sucks and we go somewhere else then I, I don't fucking care. I just want to be kicking a ball and like having a good crowd and like really having a sustainable football club that can be here for generations to come in a proper league. No one can name some of the clubs that we played against in those early years. They changed every year. It didn't matter. No one gave a shit. They cared about Chattanooga FC. And I firmly believe that if we have to go play Atlanta United 2 or... Nashville 2 or Murfreesboro, comma, Nashville 2, whatever, you know, kind of crap they throw at us. At the end of the day, no one's going to care. Yeah. They're going to care about Chattanooga FC. And it's why I think through. And, through if, some, and if off the field. If off, off the field keeps improving and like, you know. And off the field for those leagues keeps improving. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's my. And I, I think that's the big one. That's your big because, one. Because it's, it's, I think it's the, it's the big question of 2022. Okay. I, I don't disagree with that. I think I agree with that. Jay, what's your first New Year's resolution for CFC for 2022? All right. My first one is a weird kind of, I feel like it may be out of left field, but can we please, and I'm I'm not trying to be to point fingers at anybody, but can we please change the stadium music choice? I've not been a fan. Uh, it's just felt weird and felt different. And I really, I, I, I don't know if it's, it's just, it feels newer like newer music, which I'm cool with, but it just doesn't seem to fit the vibe always. And maybe I'm just, you know, a 31-year-old white male, and it doesn't click with me, and it should click with other people. It just, I don't know. I just haven't been a fan of the the music choice of the stadium. I'm also a come from a 100% musical family, and I'm a musician's son, and I'm extremely picky. Um, another one would be content on the video board. We have a really cool video board, and... Just graphics for substitutions and other things is beginning to show me that we're not putting in a little bit of effort to maybe, you know, when they're when they're announcing the lineup, I guess just a face is cool, but, like, why not take the time to, you know, 
have somebody like my studio film uh, a four second or five second guy moving and coming out of pure black with flashing blue lights on him, crossing his arms, and then the name Juan Hernandez goes underneath it. It would just it would just elevate the feeling of the of the the pregame so much more instead of just hearing a name and seeing a graphic, which I think is cool. It's just less attractive to me. Um, uh, going back to the music thing, please. Whatever we do, can we bring back the old CFC walkout song? Dun, dun, sh, dun, 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 sh, whatever the name of that song is. And I, 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 I forgot all about that. I dun, missed dun, that. Dun, I remember dun, dun, 20, 2014 dun, dun, to 2019, dun. or really t- uh, 2018, walking into the stadium just before the game starting and hearing that. I missed that. That was very CFC and that's very a good call. That's a, that, that's a throwback that, yeah. Whatever it is now, it's, it, it, it's, it's like when the, the, I, the I have no memory of this. <laughs> The Preds, I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll find it. The Preds changed uh, from Welcome to the Jungle to some like lazy, weird song at one point, And it was like, yo, I'm not hype. Like, Welcome to the Jungle made me want to punch the little girl sitting next to me and get ready to watch some <laughs> fucking Canadians fight each other. Like, I need that. I need that little bit of energy. And when and, and when they, I don't know what it is now. I can't even, that, that's the thing. I can't tell you what it is now. I can't tell you what CFC's starting song is now. I don't know. But I used to always know it. And I used to even have it on my computer because I would want to like hear it every now and then. Good, I, I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, Good call. I think. Well, another one is. I know money's tight, and this costs money. But just maybe consider it. I'm saying it, knowing that maybe it won't happen. <laughs> but can we paint over the football lines during the non-football seasons? Maybe we can work out something where, hey, football, American football, that is, isn't going to be played for the next four months. Let's turn it into a full-time soccer field field and paint over the lines and try and hell yeah try and just you know it, it's it's all about that experience that's another reason i want the music to be better and i want the better walkout music and i want the better uh player introductions i don't want it to feel like high school i want it to like feel like i'm going to a professional soccer game also shout out to the new guy they got uh doing some of the games he didn't do all of them but the, it gets real hype and like does the the big announcements and the big announcer voice sure. i liked him a lot yeah me he, too. he has a little bit of work to do on a couple of the pronunciations of the names but honestly it was nice to see who i assume is a professional like I don't know if it's the lookouts guy. I don't know who it is, but uh, there was a uh, a handful of games there where we had a kind of a newer guy. Yeah, when Marcus scored in the Marcus had a goal, and I remember him like saying his name, and I remember being like, "Whoa, that's not Marshall." <laughs> yeah, and that's no that's no that's no disrespect or, t- or Tim. That's no disrespect to who did it before, but it was cool to have. If we're gonna have a little bit more of a quote unquote professional atmosphere, like yeah, the the guy who has a little bit, that particular hype voice. And I don't necessarily want like the cheesy one, but like it, it is fun. Like yeah. it's, it, it's fun to hear that voice. It gets you a little bit excited. It kind of activates something in you that you've heard your whole life. So I'm going to, I'm going to wrap all of mine up with a totally shot in the left field. Probably not going to happen one, but you know, stadium music choice, video board improvement from a content perspective, painting over the football lines. My last one is a total wish list, And I hope you guys are listening to this. And if we make a playoff game, or, or a bubble or whatever happens, and we have to travel away, figure out how to get that game up on the video board at CFC and open up the field for people to come lay blankets out and hang out on the field at Finley and watch the game on the board and hear it over the loudspeaker maybe. That's just something my cousins all went to watch the Braves win the World Series at Truist Park while the game was in Houston, and they were like, it felt like we were there. Now, 
bar, there was 60,000 people there. <laughs> and we're probably not going to do 60,000 people in Finley. But I think it would be a really cool option for people to come around and you would just engage a little bit more of the community from a, from a like away game. Program. Like they did in 2014. So 2014, when they made their Red, their Red Bulls final, yep. they had yep. uh, at... at I think it was in the pavilion, not it in the, not in the field, but they had like a, a big we, watch we party. Together. We didn't have the the amazing video right. board we do now. So so like I'm just saying like there's a little bit of a precedent for like sure. Chattanooga showed sure. up for that. Like that was a really cool thing. So I yeah, I totally agree. Oh yeah, cool. That's just me. I saying, saw pictures. I wasn't there. That's just me saying like this is a cool idea, and I've been wanting it to put it somewhere. So hopefully, I, I I I've I've held on to that because I knew we were doing this podcast. I wanted to bring it up, but I figured that's a really good show. This is hopefully the the one that Jeremy once again throws uh throws into the the CFC slack. <laughs> I don't know. If we, I don't. I'm not sure we've done a good enough job in this one. He's like, hey, yeah. hey, uh, maybe you guys maybe chop that one in half. Um, I'll just give you guys my list. You can ask for it anytime. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I, I agree with yeah, pretty much all of those. Like that's those are all really good. Um, all right, I'll go to a couple of mine. Um, I won't rehash it super bad or super uh, long for 250k loss um, for sustainability. We need to be closer to break even and eventually to break even. Sports teams don't um, usually, unless you're in the NFL, make a ton of money. So the idea is that you break even, and it's a little bit like owning a boat. Like rich people own boat or, or regular people own boats. Rich people own sports teams. Um, it's a money pit, but it also like it gets you a certain amount of enjoyment. You know, it, it does good for the community. Uh, the CFCA Foundation does amazing work. Chattanooga Football Club is a positive influence on Chattanooga, um, but you can't lose 500k or 750k or a million dollars every year and just rely on the generosity of rich people to. And I'm, I'm saying the word rich people. I'm not saying that in a negative or positive connotation, but. Like I cannot write a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars check. Only a certain segment of people can, and those who can, you're at the you're at the behest of their generosity. And I don't want to be at the behest of that generosity. Any, in, 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 that's not a sustainable model. So you need to get we need to get closer. Uh, it's the same rollover goal from last year, though, because I think last year we didn't have a full year to be able to do it. So I'm hoping this year we can get closer to that. Uh, we have not. No one has given an on the field goal yet. So uh, top two in Nisa. Detroit's gone. Um, the by far and away the best team in Nice is gone on the field. So we need and we know what the, we we spent. We all talked about how poorly we felt like the, on the field went this last year. The front office has to make an adjustment, and and obviously they've they've made a big step and they've got a different coach. They've got to make investments onto the roster. Uh, they've got to do a whole lot of things differently. And I don't know all of those things. I have a, actually have a couple that piggyback on this. Um, but that's the number one thing. I think we need to finish top two in Nisa in the regular season slash playoffs. So I don't know how playoffs will look. I'm guessing there will go back to a playoffs top four, top six type of thing. There'll be 12 teams, theoretically. Wait, no, 14 teams. 13. 13 teams. Okay, 13 teams. I don't know. Expected. You, you know, Expected I, 13. And I will say. I, I will say this uh, one that I kind of held off on, but, but just sort of to piggyback on what you're saying. It, yeah, just Chattanooga is a very late to show up kind of city and they they show up really late and really big numbers when For you're playoffs. when you're in a playoff or you're in a championship mm -hmm. game. So I think so I I will say the minimum expectation this is different from a resolution. Expectation is top 4 make the playoffs comfortably. Um but I I, I think we have to re it, that, that's my minimum expectation, but my my resolution for CFC is the opposite of what happened this year. I want top two, and I want to win a championship, but I'm not going to put that as the number one because playoffs get get weird, 
and and whatever else. And we're not going to be the highest paid unless something changes. We're not going to have the highest payroll in the league. <laughs> but but we should be closer to the. I mean, Rod Underwood said this on the podcast, right? Coach Rod said we we don't have to have the highest payroll in the league. There's enough players out here to play good soccer, but you can't have the lowest payroll in the league either. You got to have some money to spend. And so I'm I'm assuming the front office co-signs on that. They believe in that. I don't think he would come to a place that didn't share that vision with him. So if we are putting out, we are a we are the destination for off the field in this league. I mean, if you want to live in LA, that's a different thing. But this this place has is a stable team. This team has been around longer than any of the other teams as far as in the same place playing for the same fans for the same whatever. So it's a good place to recruit to. It's a low cost of living. It's a coach and a, and a dope place to live. It's a dope place to live. It's a coach that plays proactive, good soccer. I texted with a player after our our after you guys' podcast with Rod, and they said, I really like how he is. I really like how he talks about soccer. I think that will players will like how he talks and, and is inspired. He's an inspiring guy when it comes to soccer. People want to play for Pep Guardiola, right? They want to play for good a soccer coach that plays good soccer. So CFC's got to do a, the opposite of what we did last year. We've got to get be in the top two when we finish this up. Uh, that, that's the New Year's resolution for me for on-the-field stuff. And I have a couple more things, but Matthew is chomping at the bit. Uh since you went on the field, I will. I will also go on the field, uh, just to piggyback off of you. Of I agree. I mean, if you think about if they take if they take six in the playoffs, let's just say uh, they do it like full American style, and it's like six out of thirteen. You're probably looking at the top two get buys, and, or to, or, and, and three and four get a home game in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, if you if we assume that that the four incoming allegedly incoming teams are all gonna you know put together a roster but not be playoff bound yet, which is not an assumption I actually want to make, but let's just say that's that's what happens, and we finish in the exact same order and place that we we finished this year in the fall, that's fourth place. Which because no Detroit anymore because no Detroit, right. Uh, but I think we have to do better than we did last season. I agree. I, I mean, and 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 I say I agree because I think the club agrees. Like we made a change. Like we made a change in, in, in made a change in the coaching staff. Like I think I think the club has has put a marker down and said, "Yeah, this wasn't good enough, and it wasn't good enough enough that we are making a change." So like, my expectations are going to join them. Like. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Top, so, top, top two. two. So I'm going to say top two because basically at this point, it's assuming assuming one of the new teams or even one of the existing teams doesn't just blow it out. We're looking at probably Cal United, who honestly should win this league every year. Going away, they've got easily the biggest payroll, uh, easily the most moronic coach. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. May, may long may he coach them. Yes, please seriously. never. Hey, 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 don't don't tell them. He's a really good coach, guys. You should keep. <laughs> fucking idiot that's like uh florida got rid of dan mullen makes you so sad and it was like oh, fuck really damn it i was like i don't want to go on this tangent but i'm going to anyway he had the <laughs> like three of the best four strikers in the league uh-huh. in the spring he couldn't yeah, figure it out he couldn't figure like, it out one guy who's really good at playing in the middle one guy who's really good coming on the left and one, one guy who's really, really good, good coming, coming on the right, right. And the left. He's and on oh, going on both sides. And oh, by the way, like they play a 4-3-3. It's like, and you never can figure it out. Have, he didn't even have to change anything. 
Just put him in the right places. He also one of the best oh. young players in the league. Like in addition Who, to by that, by the way, plays the ten right, right, right underneath them. Yeah, is that chilly? Yeah, oh. yeah. And he and he plays him at right back. It's it's, it's wild. So anyway, let's not you know let's not go Sorry. on too much that, about that's, that's, the, that's a hardcore tangent so, there. So point being is I so I will take and I'm just thinking about this now. I will take either we make the and I want to win. Okay, but I'm just say as as goals right. Playoffs get weird. So if we are top two in the regular season, we're second place, we're first place in the regular season, we lose in the playoffs, I will consider that a success. Yeah. I will also consider fourth place in the or fifth place even if there's six teams or whatever, and then a run in the playoffs that gets us to the championship and losing in the championship game. I will consider that a success. And obviously any combination of the two. But if we don't finish top two in the regular season or we don't finish in the championship game, one of those two things... I will consider that not met. Home home game in the playoffs is my minimum. Yes. And then, and, and, I, and I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming that like yeah that also includes fourth place assuming there's six. Sure. Um, and if there's and if there's only four then it's got to be top 2. Yeah, which is is what we're really shooting for here. Yep. yep. And and I'm assuming 12 teams I want to be in that top 2. Okay, so continuing on top of that um hire a men's assistant coach. Bull Time assistant, yeah, full time assistant. One of the problems last year that that we all know one of the challenges was COVID year. So like I'm not I'm not judging here, but this is one of the things that it was. Fuller did two and a half people's jobs. Jeremy is currently sure. doing two and a half people's jobs. Yeah. In in a small club like ours, you're going to do one and a half people's jobs at all times. Everybody here is stretched to the max. It's a passion thing. It's also it's whatever whatever, and, th- and that's great that people are willing to really give their all. However, you can't be doing two full time jobs plus a half. You have to be doing one and a half. So first thing is hire a men's assistant coach, a full-time assistant coach. I believe that Rod will have an assistant coach. He said something to the effect of like what he kind of dodged the question, but that he would like <laughs> have an assistant. There, or no, I'm sorry. The article says like assistant or f- further coaching staff stuff will be so. And, and that's no shot at Jordan. Jordan is a full-time ops guy and an assistant coach. So he already has one and a half jobs. He is not the full-time assistant. He's the goalkeeper coach. And if he's back, but he was last year, the full-time goalkeeper and ops guy. So we need a full-time men's assistant soccer coach clearly so that the coach is not working 80 hours a week. And the only person in that room has got, there has to be one. Okay. So that's number one on that. And then we need, and this is the more controversial one we, that I don't think will happen, but Jeremy, if you're listening, (laughs) hire an additional soccer executive, a soccer vice president, a vice president of something to take something off your plate. I don't care if that's ticketing, I don't care what it is. Soccer ops, whatever. You hire somebody that has experience in soccer, that's very good, that takes something off your plate because Jeremy's currently doing, and Jeremy, if you're listening, you are currently doing two and a half people's jobs. If you burn out, we're fucked. Okay, so like Fuller, Fuller already arguably did burn out. Saw how that went. We cannot burn out Rod Underwood, and I. that's why we have to have an assistant coach. There has to be two minds there. There has to be one guy doing their job. You can't do all the jobs, and if you burn out, CFC is fucked. Yeah, so it's true. hire, number one, hire a men's full-time assistant and hire an additional soccer vice president. We have a women's team coming in. There's going to be additional responsibilities. I don't care where that person sits, if they sit on top of ticketing or if they sit on top of just operations of some kind or if they sit on top of whatever whatever their like thing that they're over. I don't care what they do, but you got to take something off of Jeremy's plate. Like... And then if the executive board somehow hears this or somebody like make him hire somebody. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say this might be uh this no, might be so for, I don't think board members out there. I don't though. think Jeremy's gonna do it, uh, but I think Jeremy should do it. And I think that the board <laughs> I think that Paul Rustand and uh, Jamie and Williams and 
all the other people on that board should make Jeremy hire a, uh, an additional person in that front office to be, uh, to take some of the weight off of the top there so that we have uh, a sustainable model because we can't have people burning out. And man, I, I'm just, I, I'm nervous about that for our, for the future of CFC. Um, okay. Uh, a couple more things. I'll just kind of blow through mine. Um, with, for the women's team that's coming into into existence for the second time, uh, win the division slash conference. I, we don't know what league we're going to be in. We think it's probably the WPSL, um, just based on like that's the league that has the most local teams. But win the division slash conference, whichever one of those. I don't know how these leagues will be um, will be organized, but whatever our division or conference is, we got to win it. This is going to be one of the premier destinations, if not the premier de- destination to play. So. We've got a connection with Wolfsburg. It's a great club. It's a long-serving club. Win the division or conference, whichever one we're organized in. Um, off the field, 3,000 attendance average for the men. That's a big step up. But that's my goal for off the field. I want to see us get to 3,000 attendance uh, on average for the season. For for No, actually just average overall. And then 1,500 for the women. Uh, women's games, I wish I could say 3,000 and 3,000, but I don't want to be naive. Uh, the women's team has to build a, a culture and a, a following. Um, the men's team's already done that. And last time, the women's team did not have that kind of attendance. Sometimes it was 250 people. Sometimes it was 750 people. Occasionally, it was maybe almost 1,000. But really, it was normally like probably 500. And I want to see it be 1,500. I want to see people off the field uh, get into it. And bonus for fans. This is my, uh, it's not a prediction. It's a, um, this is my goals, my my news resolution for fans. I want to break Asheville's, Assuming we end up in the WPSL, their WPSL record, which was I think twenty two hundred fans roughly, let's hit twenty five hundred for a game. Let's well, I don't care if it's a playoff game, I don't care if opening game, whatever it is. Like let's break Asheville's uh, women's record for for the WPSL. Assuming we're in the WPSL, if not, twenty five hundred for one game is the the off the field bonus uh, fan. And then for Nisa, just to, I'm just gonna keep powering through. Uh, for Matthew, <laughs> that's I, what I did. I looked at my list and was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go. Keep Nisa Nation, keep Nisa Nation growing. It's the best and only arguably the only good thing they're currently doing. So Nisa Nation's good. An incubator for pro clubs, full season amateurs, really, 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 really important. Uh, and I hope they continue growing that. And yeah, that's a, just keep growing that. Uh, two more teams in the Southeast for 2023. Would be beautiful. It just needs to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that they, they have a whole year. They can't start teams in the middle of the year anymore. So they have a whole year to recruit for 2023. I'm sure they're already trying to get teams set for 2023. So two more. And I'll take, I'll consider Florida Southeast, even, even though it's kind of not like just, they need two Southeast teams, two teams that we could reasonably drive to, put them wherever they are. I uh, won't two more, two more teams that we can, that we can drive yeah. to finding ownership for Stumptown does not count. No, it doesn't. Two more teams we can drive to Southeast. So even they could be in Kentucky, they could just drive to, and then 16 plus total teams for 23. Uh, we might lose some because this is a hard business. We might gain some, but 16 plus total teams for 23. Also, get your shit together. Yeah, yeah, and I and I concur with every I concur with everything Matt said. Uh, and if they can't get their shit together, we should leave or go find whatever's best for us. Um, if there's a better, if something else is better for us, I concur with all of that. I've been on the fuck Nisa bandwagon for a while, but also I will, I will admit that it is possible Nisa is the best place. And while we're here, I want Nisa to be the best they can be. And if and if we're here for the long term, great. Like Nisa's got to be better. Um. Matthew, I have one more to finish this off after uh, after you give your whatever you've got left on your resolutions. Okay. Uh, 
So I I I I have a theme with with this next set. And and it it, it goes back to my my belief that off the field is more important than on the field for the long-term sustainability and success of this club. Uh, trying to build something that outlasts us all. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned some financial considerations in terms of you know hoping to to cut the gap down to three hundred thousand dollars in losses. I said two fifty and head towards sure and head towards uh, head towards break even. Uh, one of the ways that there I think there are two massive massive expenses. Uh, that that will need to be long term addressed. This is not. I I do not need to see. Uh, uh, I don't need to see tangible, like in the newspaper progress in 2022. Uh, but these things have to be being worked on in the back room. Uh, we need a long term stadium solution. Yes. Uh. It can be Finley Stadium. It can. But the best way, one of the best ways to to make the dollars make sense is to be able to con- completely control your stadium. Uh, you get all the food and bev. You you get like full full control to be able to do more with it. Yep. Uh, you can make you can make the experience better. In an ideal situation, like you own your own stadium, it's soccer specific. You can have other shit there. To help make money, uh, and and other events and things, but like, if you're just paying rent all the time, for for game day, that's money that you could not be spending. Right. Um, it's technically not invested money. Yeah. So it's it's like owning a house versus renting. You're correct. You're taking your money out with the trash. Now that's like it's quote, also quote it, stolen directly from my dad. Sorry. It's, it's, a, gr- it's a great quote. <laughs> it's also incredibly difficult. Uh, and Sa- sorry, Papa, says, Papa Buchanan says, crushing it. Says the landlord. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's also incredibly difficult, uh, and and it requires a massive investment to, yeah, uh, massive investment to to pull that off. If you're going to build your own thing now, you know I. But th- this is the thing, and and I, I don't have any I don't have any suggestions here. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like you know like let's build something on the south side. Or or take over Ingle Stadium, or like do whatever else. Like, I'd be down with both of those, though. Or like you know, just take over Finley Stadium and like entirely, which would be awesome. That also sounds great. Uh, but like, we have to we have to figure something out, uh, long term, and 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 doesn't have to be in twenty twenty two. Uh, we we do need to make some strides. Uh, but that'll that'll be strides that I may not not find out about in twenty twenty two. That's okay. Um, but we have to we have to figure out something. In the next, probably in the next five years, like something really concrete. Um, to keep that particular theme, we also need a long-term housing solution. Uh, because the guys lived in Market South in 2019. Uh, and there and there was a deal. You know, they, they had uh, some advertising uh, on, I think, the uh, practice jerseys that year mm-hmm. uh, to, to, you know, help defray the cost. Uh, same with... Uh, where were they? Uh, North Shore Village in 2020 and Henry Lofts in 2021. And like the housing is good. It's nice. Like it's good for the players, whatever. Yeah. And, and I think if anyone doesn't know at this level, the vast majority of teams 
or just say our, I'll just say our business model, which does go with how most teams do it. They offer a housing, either a stipend or actual direct housing in addition to your pay because this is not a high paying thing. So yeah. housing is going to be a part of compensation most likely forever at this level. Correct. So it makes now with, with, with the women's team coming in, that's additional housing that we're going to have to provide for, for a few months uh, because they've, the, the the advisory board has said, Jeremy has said that we want the women's experience to be uh, just like the men's experience was when we were an amateur team in the MPSL. Yeah. Which means housing investment. Yep. Uh, so we need long-term, a, a, a true housing solution, which probably means some sort of investment again in uh, whether it's apartments or a, just a building or to be able to to be able to like long term house our players, um, and and have the flexibility for you know additional three months in the summer for the women's team, uh, and maybe someday full full season for the women's team. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, be able to have uh, to to defray some cost on that. You have some short term rentals in there. You have maybe some long term tenants in there. Uh, but with flexibility, you can you can be able to bring in and house. Uh, players on trial or, or in a, in a, you know, preseason camp or something like that. Uh, but controlling, controlling your own solution. Uh, if when done right, can cut the cost of housing in half easy. Yeah. So massive, massive cost control and revenue control in controlling your stadium and, and controlling your, uh, housing. And I, I think those, those two big things, uh, are about sustainability for the next 50 years. Correct. Yep. Correct. I'd also like if we're if we're being honest, I'd love to see like a like a training facility uh with with you know coaches' offices and and uh you know probably a film room and a conference room and things like that. Like to go beyond like I, I like our offices on Carter Street. Uh but like we you know, eventually I'd love to be able to have a, a true training facility with grass fields and turf fields, or or maybe one of each or whatever it is, so that if we're playing on grass that week, we can practice on grass. Uh, if we're play, and I want to practice on grass anyway, so that the the wear and tear on the players' bodies is less. Yep. Uh, but if we're going to play on turf, I'd like to be able to play on turf the day before. So you're what what you're hoping, and we're not going to be able to measure I, these. I in want twenty twenty three. Of course not. Is that? But I want a full scale. I want a full scale training facility. Uh, and and maybe and I don't I don't know if like that's a that's a kind of an agreement that could be reached in terms of like the academy and foundation piece with 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 Montague. Uh, if we were able to, if we would even be able to use it at all, um, on when when programming is not going on, I don't know. Uh, I'd love an indoor facility as well. God, you are just on a hell of a roll right now for all the things you want. I would love. Also, none of these things, none of these things he's mentioned are going to happen in twenty twenty three. Yeah, correct. And I'm I mean, okay. I, I hope some of them do. But also, when I'm you okay say when you say full scale training facility, it's like I guess the scale would be to who we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, like just. It has, I mean, not, like, not, not in scale. We're not going to have, like we're not going to have, we're not going to have 12 teams, like 12 fields, like, right, like yeah. Tottenham Hotspur or some, some shit like that. But like, if we have a couple fields, uh, if we have, you know, some sort of, some sort of like, you know, coaches, vet, o- like coaches offices, coaches offices, film room, film room sure, yeah. conference room, purpose, purpose done, uh, or purpose used, maybe not purpose built, but purpose, some used. sort of, some sort of like, a, a athletic training facility in there for rehab and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, these are the types of things that can really take us. Uh, I think take us like long term to the next level in in whatever league and whatever we do, um, and obviously that's not just for the first team. Like benefits to the academy, benefits to the the foundation, all those things. 
So I agree with every single one of those things. Um, I don't, I, you, uh, last year I asked us a lot, like, how are we going to measure that in 2023? And we're definitely not. We're definitely not. But hopefully we can look back on that in 2024, 2025, 2026. And, and maybe, you know, maybe one of those things gets done or two of those things get done over the next two or three years. And we, we can really we look did, at those. We did those, those resolution pod, the, the resolution pod last year with a lot of concrete specific things that we needed to take the next step for in, in 2021 off the field. And I'm, I feel really good about the direction we're going, and that's why you I, want to paint some bigger we should, goals. We should take the next step for 2022, whatever that is, but also like the next 50, 60, 90 years is what I care about. Yep, good. Like, like building a legacy for Chattanooga. I agree. So, so to close this up, um, I have a I have a bonus thing that I've not or a bonus uh, news resolution for the podcast uh, for us. And I think this is actually episode either 60 or 61 overall, if you count everything we've ever put out. Um, on the episode numbers, it's 50, which I talked about earlier. I want to do 50 episodes. And by 50 episodes, I don't mean 50 numbered episodes. I just mean 50 releases in 2022. Holy oh, shit. shit. So that's one. That's We're going to have a... Remember, we're going to have a women's season. We're going to have a bunch of women's players that we could potentially interview, just like we're going to have new men's players we can potentially interview. And I want to, and maybe that means are, we got to do we two just, a week. Are we just going to like record our, our Monday morning phone calls now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know if that's going to happen. That's my resolution for the pod. I would love it if we released. So we've released in a little over two years, two years and a few months. Mm-hmm. We have released uh, basically 60 episodes, uh, 60 pieces. If we could do 50 and it'd be a big step forward and maybe we can't. And if, and if you're out there and you're like, hey, I had this great idea for a podcast, hit us up. If you're out there and you're like, hey, I love like women's soccer and like I especially if you don't like men's soccer that'd be awesome um but like if you're just like I'm super into women's soccer and I want to bring women's soccer content we are going to do women's soccer content I absolutely I am very 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 excited to talk about CFC women but if you're if you've got passion for for women's soccer like I think we already do nerd out enough on the men's side if you've got passion for whatever and you have an idea like bring it to us if you want to collaborate with us that'd be awesome too but I would love for us to do 50 total episodes and maybe that'll be, you know, I don't know how that will be. Maybe we'll bring back the seven minute segments where we ask 10 questions to each player. What? But maybe, you know, maybe a studio C. Well, no, actually, we have, we have no, two. I, I, I think I'm, I, if you'd have said 50 last year, I'd have looked at you like you were a fucking insane person, which I do all the time, but it would have been very <laughs> it's, it's, it's deserved. I just, I just, uh, no, a, I, I just had a thought. I think that, uh, just three days ago, I woke up and a Section 109 podcast put out a podcast, and I had no idea it even happened. <laughs> yeah. And that's we, a, that's, I, I said that to my friend. I was like, dude, my podcast just uploaded a podcast, and I don't even know. And he was like, that's shitty. And I was like, actually, it's amazing. <laughs> it's actually really dope. Well, so you- I don't think at Studio B, like, this is my first time here. Right. And I think that like a lot of the times I'm a busy son of a bitch and like, God, sometimes it's hard for me to get away. But knowing that like now we have two places to do it, you're not dependent on my guest bedroom. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's a that's I, I don't see 50 being an insane number. And the roadcaster is portable. So Studio C really is. And we have a two place of them. We've podcasted before, which so, is Studio Coniglio. And so if we can just. Oh, hey, there we go. That's true. Uh, so we can basically like, I'm not, I'm not predicting that I'm not telling the audience that's going to happen, but if my new year's resolution for the pod is if we could release 50 things next year, I think that'd be awesome. That would be basically taking two weeks off. I'd love it if we were, uh, I mean, we'll, we, they will not come out that, that organized in that one at a time. <laughs> but, uh, if, if we could somehow put out 50 pieces of content, that would be a hell of a lot of good times in my life. Cause this is some of my favorite things to do. My favorite, some of my favorite moments of the last year 
and my favorite moments of any week is when I get to sit down with you boys and record and, and talk about CFC and talk with players and whatever else. So I hope we do a lot more of it in 2022. I know uh, you and I have been talking about it a little bit, and I've talked to it briefly with Matt. I don't really think I've mentioned it to Smitty, but I'm doing a secret project that nobody really knows about right now. Um, so besides that one, that'll be a little bit different coming from the Section 109 podcast. I also want to set a goal of at least two video specials at the studio. My uh, video production studio that I work at, not not Studio A or B. I guess that's Studio C. I love it. Your studio. No, Coniglio. Studio Coniglio. Yeah, that's D. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but anyways, yeah, I, I, you know, you can go back and look at the CFC goal special on our on our YouTube. That's just... By the way, my dad, my dad last night goes... Uh, he, I said, oh, yeah, we recorded the... He said, what are you doing tomorrow? Or Because he came over and, and hung out for uh, like 10 minutes and we're just catching up. And he was like, hey, so what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, oh, we're recording a podcast. I'm really excited. And he was like, oh, cool. I haven't, I haven't listened in a you know, few weeks. I need to get back. Because he's not a regular podcast listener. He, he gets on the podcast to listen to us. And he's like, I can't wait to listen or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I recorded one Monday. And he was like, oh, oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, and then, shit. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot. I was, I was like, like, where are we? we what is going so, but then, on here? Then he goes, he goes, yeah, I've been, I've been listening a little bit. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. I've been listening off and on for a little bit in my favorite episode. Um, and he's like, and then he goes, you should do one with Coach Underwood. And I was like, we, we did one, Dad. You can listen back a couple episodes ago. Uh, he's like, my favorite one you guys did is the, the goal special. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's on YouTube. He goes, oh, I know. I watched it on YouTube. He's like, I, you know, because he's not a podcast guy. Sure. So, uh, yeah, he he was just talking about how good it was. He thought, like, and I was like, well, that's the one we did the most prep for ever. So, definitely <laughs> makes sense. It was the best. Yep. And with the best equipment. So, maybe more of that in 2022 as well. Well, boys, thank you for, uh, for coming over here at 9 a.m. on a Friday. This was really fun. And thanks, Studio B. Thanks, puppies, for being uh, kind of good. They're finally settled down now that we've been doing this for an hour and a half. So, thank you, listeners. Let us know your New Year's resolutions for CFC uh, on social media. Cheers to 2022. Cheers 2022. If you like Super Nerdy Podcast, go listen to the last one. Thank you for everyone that's reached out privately with with feedback. Um, really appreciate it. Nice to know that like some folks have liked it. And if you you know even if you didn't like it, like you know we're open to feedback on like should we do more of Breezy and Matt getting super nerdy. Matt, where, where can people find you on the internet? Because we know Breezy's answer is just going to be, he's on the internet. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at IamKinglio. You can find me on Twitter at WhiskeyIsFine. And you can find me on Instagram at Letter J. Both of the Section 109 pods on Instagram and Twitter and on my TikTok, Letter underscore J. We'll see you guys on the next one. See ya.